0: blessed and extremely excited to have another opportunity to to join you uh, virtually here. We're bringing you another episode of More Than Just a Recruiter. Uh, If you've been following this before, as of last year when we started, or if this is your first time seeing it, understand that the purpose of this is to identify the fact that, you know, I'm not only focusing and solely talking about black coaches within the industry, but I truly believe that for, for very long time, for far too long, uh, black coaches have been viewed as recruiters and and that's been the, the primary, um, focal point in their abilities. And there's so many amazing guys that have done great things, within collegiate basketball, but more importantly, they've changed lives um, and changed lives that change generations to follow. So I'm extremely excited to be able to highlight some of these guys to have conversations and candid conversations about you know, their journeys throughout college basketball, uh, some of their goals, some of the things that they're working on, and, and bringing those conversations to you, whether you be a student athlete that is thinking, hey, maybe one day I want to transition from the playing side to the coaching side, uh, whether you be a young coach that Maybe you got a little bit discouraged. Maybe you feel like there's not a place for you moving forward or or your goals or dreams are out of reach. Uh, Or maybe you're a parent that's looking to learn more about some of the the men that will be coaching your your young man. Uh, That's the reason why I do this. So extremely excited to bring to the floor here, Coach Carlin Hartman. Uh, Coach Hartman has had a phenomenal coaching career, and we'll talk about that here. But more importantly than that, he's a great man. He's a great family man, and he understands the value uh, of pouring into these young men that God's entrusted us with. So without further ado, Coach Carlin Hartman, thanks for joining us here today.
1: Hey, Justin, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, you uh, offering this opportunity uh, to uh, to be with you tonight, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting, getting started.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, I guess the first place I want to start, um, you know, if you follow basketball, you know, Coach Hartman's done amazing things at Oklahoma. We could talk about the records. We could talk about the NBA players and the tradition that's then been there. We could talk about your playing history, right? You know, we could talk about what you did at Tulane and being, you know, one of. the top players to ever play there. Um, but a lot of people don't, just don't know outside of the lines, outside that 94 feet of competition, whether it be a player or a coach. Uh, so I ask you, who is Carlin Hartman?
1: Well, he's a family man. Uh, he is the husband of Christine. Um, he's the father of, of Sydney, uh, who's uh, 25 years old and an Oklahoma graduate, living in Los Angeles, California. He's also the, the father of Kalen, who is, um an oklahoma graduate as well and uh just finished up her basic training uh in army reserves and now is doing her year-long schooling um in san antonio uh in the army and he's also the father of tess uh, who uh, is also an oklahoma graduate and she is now um going to do her masters at vcu uh in richmond virginia and he's also the father of joseph uh, who is a 14 year old aspiring uh, student athlete and um, someone who I'm very proud of. And uh, obviously the only boy amongst the uh, many uh, beautiful women in, in my life. <laughs> so um, <laughs> very fortunate to have the family that I have, uh, very fortunate to have the support of, of my family. And, um, you know, I, I've been in this industry, um, you know, this would be year number 23. Uh, And I've been a part of some really good programs and some really great opportunities. Um, It was funny. I was thinking about it the other day, Justin, just in terms of my career. And um, this would be the fifth time I've been with a first year head coach um, uh, throughout my coaching career. And, you know, I really like those uh, these types of opportunities, um, you know, to be with new coaches, um and when i was younger uh none of neither of us neither say neither chris mooney or myself knew what we were doing he was a second year head coach you know i was going into the year six as an assistant um but then we got the richmond program going and you know and then as time goes on you know kyle smith uh, at columbia who's now at washington state mike rhodes first time division one coach at uh rice university now he's a head coach at vcu and uh, now fast forward with kevin kruger here at unlv so um, just very fortunate and blessed to have the kind of uh, opportunities I've had over my lifetime as a player at Tulane um, and uh, now uh, being able to pay it forward to the young student athletes that I've been coaching over these last 23 years.
0: That's that's awesome. Um, I mean, a, a career, to say the least, of success and accomplishment. And I want to touch on what you started with. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you mentioned you know your three daughters, correct? Yes. Three for three, college grads. Yeah. You know, all, all Oklahoma Sooners. But um, mm-hmm. I'm looking more at the success on the academic side. So obviously, there's a strong focus within the family on the the importance and the value of education. So I want to tell you that's a, a major congrats to have your your daughters matriculate through the way that they have. And you know, some of the things that you touched on. Um, think I think your daughter for her service. I think that that's thank you. That's something that you know it, it's service uh, of giving of oneself for the the good of others i think that that's something that you know it's it's i mean you can't get a, you put enough emphasis on it you know you can't i know i i couldn't do it right like i i think about it i think about you know i, I think about the job that our service men and service women do um Amen. And and I know that they're, they're very, very special people. So um, you've raised three amazing daughters. You have a son on his way up and and he has, you know, goals and expectations of being a student athlete. So I start there with saying, Hey, that's, that's amazing. um, First and foremost.
1: Well, you know, it also began, I got to just cut you off. You know, I kind of brushed through the most important person in, in, in my, in my (laughs) life. And, you know, it's my wife, Christine, she's the matriarch of the whole deal, you know, And, and um, you talk about the educational piece. I mean, obviously we're big on, uh, educators and so forth. You know, I'm a Tulane grad, but we, her and I met at Tulane. Uh, she ended up transferring, uh, and she did not get her degree until later on in life while we were married. Uh, so she ended up getting her bachelor's at the university of Richmond where I coached that and then her, uh, masters, uh, at, uh, Columbia university, another place where I coached that. So, um, you know, a lot of the credit goes to, I think us as parents, uh for um what uh, our kids have uh, end up uh doing and uh being as uh, you know fine young women in in society and where they're going in their lives uh but a ton of credit goes to my wife um you know for all of her sacrifice of uh, you know not just you know uh, again being a matriarch of our family but also um the support that she's given me uh as um as her husband and as a basketball coach in our industry which As you well know, this is not the easiest of businesses um, when it comes to uh, being able to raise a family, being able to just have stability um, and so forth. We've moved, this is now move number five for us. We lived in some great places, Um, started out in Houston, I uh, went to Richmond, Virginia, and then from Richmond to back to Houston to Norman, Oklahoma, and to now here in Las Vegas. So, um, you know, I thank uh, thank God for her, and I thank God for my kids and all their support uh, throughout uh, this this entire journey that we've had. So, I just wanted to stop you right there because <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit more about her uh, in Absolutely. depth.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the value of a partner um, and the value of an understanding partner in this industry, like you said, there's a lot of late nights, there's a lot of early mornings, there's a lot of, you know, last minute changes and adjustments, a lot of, you know, I thought I was going to be able to make it home for dinner, but, you know, this, the scout came up. So, you know, yeah. so, so definitely, you know, she's the glue that's holding it together. Um yeah. And that's that's amazing. Um, That's amazing to hear. You touched on you guys met at Tulane Uh, at what point during your playing career at Tulane, which was a a very, you know, it's not like you just showed up. You weren't just on the roster and a guy that says, okay, well, you know, I made it to that level. No, you you excelled. At, At what point did you think about or start thinking about coaching? And that's the next that's the next natural progression for you and for your career.
1: Yeah, I think probably around in between my sophomore and junior year is when I really started to kind of get into the, the thought process of, okay, what do I want to do um, You know, beyond college? Obviously, as college basketball players and, and, and athletes in general, you want to go professional in your field. And so I wanted to play professional basketball, of course, um, but I knew that at some point in time, that was going to end. And I thought, coaching would be the natural progression, um, for me to, um, move forward in life with. And fortunately, as time went on, um, and my career ended at Tulane, I played a couple years back then. It was the CBA. Now it's the G league. Uh, so I played a couple years in the G league. And, um, unfortunately at that time, I got hurt, uh, tore my ACL and MCL and, um, you know, at that point, it just kind of hit me like, well, you know, I can rehab this thing and give it another go and, and and not make any money and live at home with my mom while I'm trying to still chase my hoop dreams. Or I can, you know, um, just start to, you know, look and see where I can uh, hopefully find myself a, a coaching opportunity or at some entry level um Position and so I think it was between my sophomore and junior year at Tulane when I started to realize and I started to talk about it with um, our head coach Perry Clark and um, our assistant Ron Everhart who recruited me to Tulane out of Buffalo and uh, I just kind of lean on those guys and um, I try to do a lot more things as a player you know like in terms of leadership roles um, you know whether it be um, you know obviously being a captain over you know, the last couple of years of my career there. Uh, but also uh, just whether it be film study or, you know, different things like that with Coach Clark and with Coach Everhart, and just learning the nuances of of the industry.
0: Absolutely, and you know, you touched on. You said a couple key names. You know, Perry Clark, Ron Everhart. Um, I'd be remiss not to mention those guys, along mm-hmm. with. Coach Kruger, you know, you yeah. have had an amazing, and those are just three of the many guys that we could point out sure. that you've worked with and worked for that, um, you know, sit on, on that list of, of phenomenal college basketball coaches over the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, outside of some of the guys that you coached for, mm-hmm. coming into the industry 23 years ago, being a, a black man looking at advancement and growth and, you know, wanting to make this a, a true career, not just a, a stop along sure. your journey. Sure. Who are some of the mentors and people that you leaned on um, to help navigate you through this process?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's that's a really good question. Um, I'll start in just high school. I mean, I had so many people around me. Um, and I'll name drop here. my and It starts with uh, my high school coach, John Roth, who was um, like an extension of a father figure to me, he was my high school coach, but he was also someone who sat in the the uh, our my, me and my mom's apartment when college coaches came in. Um, Fadri Ansari, who was a Buffalo legend and uh, the current head coach at Buffalo State right now, Reggie Weatherspoon, current head coach at Canisius College, Mickey Walker, um, you know, um, uh, the, it's so many guys. Coach Hamilton, um, you know, from Niagara Falls and. Uh, I had so many guys, you know, in my life at that time in in Western New York that, you know, helped get me to Tulane. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention those guys. And moving forward, just, you know, in life, my first job was at Rice University as um, third assistant. And at the time, it was a restricted earnings position. And this was in back in 1997. And um, the restricted earnings position was essentially an assistant coaching title, but you didn't have the same other types of opportunities that the other assistants had. Um, Only two assistants can go on the road along with the head coach. So you you only had three of the four coaches that can go on the road. Um, And so I was the low man on the totem pole, the third guy. Um, But it was a great opportunity for me. It was my first job. I didn't care how much it paid and it didn't pay that much. It was eighteen thousand dollars. But it came with a car um, and I was able to do it, you know, at the time Rice was in the WAC. So it was a really good league 16 team conference with a bunch of really good teams that included Utah and Baylor and and so many of the uh, of the uh, elite programs today that were in that conference at the time. And so um, I worked under uh, head coach Willis Wilson, uh, who um, to this day has become one of uh, my biggest um, advocates and and someone who i consider a trusted friend and a mentor and somebody who i will always uh appreciate uh, not only giving me that opportunity uh but you know uh, taking me under his wing that i learned so many different things from a lot of the people that i work with over the course of of, of my 23 years in this industry coach wilson taught me professionalism you know he taught me how to you know um you know engage and 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 have a a really good dialogue with people, um, and as a black coach and as a young black man, to see how he led our group and our team, and how he would deal with alums, and how he would deal with the people within our department, whether it be support staff and um, or. At, uh, or the administration, our athletic directors and our associate AD sports administrators, um, to watch him kind of maneuver um, as the as one of the few black coaches in the WAC at that time and one of the few at at that particular level was something to behold for me. And it's something that I, you know, to this day, uh, will always appreciate about him and, and something that I will always, you know, try to take with me, um, you know, once, I get my uh, opportunity uh, as a head coach. But uh, all those people I mentioned uh, from Buffalo, New York, to my first experience in the collegiate level with Willis Wilson and, and as a player at Perry Clark uh, at Tulane, I can't thank those guys enough
0: that That's awesome. And I think the biggest thing is we all need um, multiple people to lean on. you know, having that village to teach us different things and being able to pull different things from different people and utilize them uh, along our journeys. Um, I think that's big time, and it's great to hear that you had you know the support and you had those guys to to lean on. Um, the emphasis and focus uh, of this interview series. And I think sometimes it gets lost when I say more than just a recruiter. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to touch on, you know, you're one of the greatest recruiters in college basketball. And a lot of people, you know, they don't look at, um, and they don't understand or even, you know, put into context, the number of NBA players that you've been tasked with, or future NBA players you've been tasked with recruiting. Um, But along the lines of, of this show title, more than just a recruiter, it's not just recruiting and getting them on campus. It's the development and getting them from where they're at today to preparing them for their next journey and for the rest of their lives. So, you know, when you've been tasked with recruiting these uh, numerous future NBA players and then the development of them, talk to me a little bit about how important it is for you, the development and your focus on player development and why that's made you you special throughout your career.
1: I think it's um, you know all about the a lot of people that I mentioned previously were people that gave their time and gave their support to me, and they and they paid it forward uh, primarily because somebody helped them get to that that particular point, and so and so that's exactly what I you know feel like I'm doing right now, and what I've done over the lifetime of my career as I've evolved into you know, what I am today as a 48 year old person who's been in this industry for 23 years. Um, And I feel like you're right. I mean, I'm not just a recruiter. Um, I feel like I do a good job in recruiting. You're very kind to say one of the greatest ones. I don't believe that I am. I just believe that um, I do a really good job of building a rapport and building relationships with people. And I try to make those relationships as genuine and as transparent as possible Um, when I'm recruiting a kid And when I am involved in that kid's life, once we sign that kid, um, you know, I want them to understand and know that, you know, to their parents or their guardians, or their coaches, that we're gonna look after those kids and we're gonna take care of those kids. And we are uh, not always gonna give them exactly what they uh, want, but we're gonna give them what they need as student athletes. And that may not be something that, you know, uh, is a monetary thing, it could be something, Um, that it just requires a little bit of attention and a little bit of love. Um, Coming over to the house and cooking their favorite meal, watching the basketball game, coming to sit in the office and just, you know, shooting the breeze and uh, finding out, you know, how their day's going, how are they adjusting, do they need anything that, you know, we can help them with and so forth. So, um it, it, it just, it starts with the recruiting piece. You know, when you see somebody that you like and the talent that comes along with that particular person and if they fit the mold of uh, what they can do in their, in your program. Um, but that's just a small minute, minute piece. It, then it start then it becomes what type of kid is he and you start doing your, your recon work on, on the young man and, and the people that he's around and, Um, you know, who are some of the questions in which you've asked, like, who are the mentors in that young person's life and, and, and and all those things. So, um, but the recruiting part, um, especially over time, as you, as I've built a lot of relationships throughout, uh, the country, uh, working at private schools like Columbia and Rice, um, you know, you, you have to develop, uh, ties, uh, to not just the New York city and the Houston area, but you got to do it all over the country um basically because of the academic restraints at those schools so um i've been very fortunate to be able to have a lot of the um the connections throughout the course of of time and and a lot of it's in the southwestern part of the country where i went to school and and where i coached that and also in the midwestern part uh but it's also you know recruited kids from canada recruited kids from australia uh finland um and the list you know kind of goes on but I'm very fortunate, again, to um, – you talk about the NBA guys. Um, you know. Uh, so far, I've been fortunate to have eight, NBA, eight guys that have played uh, in the NBA. Um, hopefully, we'll have a ninth here um, this, uh, this, this summer in Austin Reeves uh, that just uh, left us at Oklahoma. Uh, but there's been so many guys that have gone on to play professional basketball throughout the world and throughout the country. Um, that you know, we've been very blessed to be a part of and and that's uh, been at a lot of the stops that I've made. So uh, I guess I'm most proud of the relationships that I've built a, and that I've continued to build um, throughout time with uh, the kids that I've coached. Um, now I'm getting to the point where uh, the, the young men that I've coached are not only getting married, they're having kids. Uh, their kids are going into high school so i'm starting to now recruit some of their their uh, uh their uh, offspring and so forth and uh it's, it's 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 just great to you know be a part of um, this co- college coaching fraternity uh, because you see a lot of things come come full circle when you've been in as long as i have
0: that's amazing. Longevity—it's um, it, not afforded to those that don't do a good job. So, you know, that in and of itself shows you know the the uh, magnitude of the success that you've had. And to touch on some of that success, you know, the yep. last the last five years you were on Coach Lion Kruger's staff at Oklahoma, um, yep. for four straight years that there was an NCAA tournament. Obviously, we missed you know last year's, but um, you guys made the NCAA tournament the last four years. So there's a long track record of continued su- success. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm big on consistency. I'm big on, you know, not being good just some of the time, but, you know, being consistent in your, your pursuit of excellence. So talk to me about how as your career has, has changed a little bit, and now, you know, this is another time with a first-year head coach, just so happens to be the son of, you know, the, the head coach you had last year. You know, what are some of the things that you're looking to do as far as replicating some of the success that you guys had at Oklahoma now here at UNLV?
1: We'll we'll clearly take uh, bits and pieces of what we did at Oklahoma and bring it here to UNLV. I mean, who wouldn't when you work under a Hall of Fame coach like Coach Kruger and how he ran the program? Uh, I, have the, I, I was very fortunate to work with Kevin uh, Kruger, uh, who is now our head coach here at UNLV, uh, for three years uh, our first years at Oklahoma, our first three years at Oklahoma, we were on staff together before he came out here. It was an assistant to past, the previous two years, um, uh, here at UNLV. So, uh, we have a rapport, we have a relationship, we have a really good relationship. Um, uh, there was a, there are a lot of times whether it be after a ball game, uh, or just, you know, in the off season where we're, Constantly just, you know, talking and, and throwing things out, talking about recruiting, talking about family, talking about whatever. Um, and one of the things that um, always resonated with me in the time that I was at Oklahoma uh, from day one till um, I accepted this job uh, in, in late March of this past year was the love that the crewers had for UNLV. And uh, we would always come out. Um, when we were at Oklahoma, and we would play Oregon in a secret scrimmage here at UNLV in the Mendenhall Center, which is a phenomenal practice facility where USA Basketball practices, where the NBA Summer League takes place, and so they always talked about their affinity for Las Vegas. They always talked about you know uh, the program and 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 what it meant to them. Uh, coach Kruger was a, uh, the head coach here for seven years before he was courted away uh, to Oklahoma did a phenomenal job here. I believe he won uh, over 70% of his games, uh, went to four NCAA tournaments in the Sweet 16. In the Sweet 16 that he went to, uh, his son, Kevin, was the first grad transfer in um, NCAA history. Um, and he was at Arizona State, uh, played three years uh, of, you know, of, um, of four years. So he retired his first year. Played in the next three, graduated on time, took advantage of the rule. UNLV was looking for a point guard. It all just made sense. Kevin comes here. They go 30 and 6 and end up going to the Sweet 16. Kevin always talked about UNLV and his affinity for this place as like like, like home for him. Um, Just like my family is going through all the moving that we've done, Kevin always talked about UNLV, even though he was only here for one year, uh, how much of a – home basis was for him and he has lived in so many different places because his dad moved around a lot um so uh, in terms of your question in in terms of replicating the success i think the biggest thing that we're going to do is we're going to bring in guys that have great attitudes great work ethics and guys that really truly want to be here you and i talked a little bit off camera about unlv and how special of a place this is and this is something that we use in terms of the recruiting pitches that we've made to a lot of the guys. We signed nine kids um, this spring and we signed them in a six week period. And I don't think that was by coincidence. Some, A lot of it had to do with the connections that we had as a staff. Um, and the other part of it and the bigger piece of it was it's UNLV, you know, and though we have not been as consistent, especially in the last eight years, we haven't gone to the tournament since 2013 um UNLV basketball still means a lot in the college basketball world and when UNLV basketball is good college basketball is better for it um growing up in the 80s and uh and uh going to college in the 90s UNLV was that program that was like a mythical program like you know you you watch them on tv every time they're on they're always on a big monday uh the last game of a triple hitter or they'd be on two Saturdays every single month playing a high major opponent, like uh, one versus two when they played Arkansas at Arkansas and they were the, the undefeated UNLV team with the Larry Johnsons and Stacy Ogmans, Greg Anthony's, all those people. So, um, you know, we understand the history of what UNLV basketball is. We understand um, the the job um, that that is in front of us and what lies ahead, and we're ready for the challenge. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting this program back to, to prominence. And I've said this, um, you know, numerous interviews since I've been here, that UNLV, ba- UNLV basketball, you know, deserves to be back, you know, in the up, top half, upper echelon of, um, you know, college basketball programs. Um, what Gonzaga has done over the last 20, 25 years has been incredible. That's what UNLV basketball was, you know, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. Uh, and so we're looking forward to, you know, the challenge of getting it back to where it was. And um, we're going to replicate it with uh, consistency, uh, transparency, and, um, and, and a great work ethic. And we're going to get the right people in here that believe in what we believe.
0: in. That, that's amazing. And I think for a lot of the younger players that weren't around, um you know they're gonna walk away from this and they'll they'll be googling the the running rebels with uh Larry Johnson and Stacy Ogman and, Stacey Augman and right. um Greg Anthony and um what's his name from Detroit? Um Anderson Hunt. Anderson Hunt. I mean they you know they they play basketball and and we love to watch you know that high level, high caliber um basketball and, and as, as Americans, we cheer for the underdog, right? Even even undefeated, UNLV was always the underdog if they were playing against, you know, a blue blood or playing against a, a power yeah. five, as they're called now opponent. So as Americans, we wanted to see UNLV win. And it's interesting to hear you talk about getting back to that, but even more interesting, it's interesting to hear, you know, you signed nine guys in six weeks. So essentially, you know, six months of work was, was done in six weeks. And, and <laughs> part of that, Part of that was necessitated by Um, COVID-19. You know, obviously, the world had to adjust. The basketball world had to adjust even more. Um, You guys had some major adjustments at Oklahoma, you know, dealing with quarantines and dealing with all of the things that you dealt with. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about you know navigating through COVID, uh, maintaining your your mental well being, maintaining the the well being of your of your kids. And now we're not quite all the way through it, but you know we're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And how maybe that year of COVID has made you better or made you better suited uh, to to lead this next generation.
1: That's a good point. And obviously, you're talking about an unprecedented. Un- unprecedented pandemic that happens once every couple hundred years um, and dealing with it, you know, throughout uh, the course of um, all of 2020 or, or most of 2020 into the basketball season and all the different testing, um, you know, our guys, um, and I'm just speaking as a um, when I was at Oklahoma, uh, the amount of times that we would have to test per week um sometimes it would be three to four times you know in a week just to be able to play a game or just to be able to practice uh we had one main pause which which was at the beginning of the year um we were able to get through that missed our first three games we were able to make some games up uh because of it um and then uh, throughout the course of the year uh we now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, I might be just a little bit off on the record, but I believe we were uh, 10 and four in games in which uh, we didn't play uh, with somebody uh, because of a, a positive COVID test or contact tracing. Uh, so uh, that was, in my opinion, one of the best coaching jobs that Coach Kruger has done in his career, um, you know, in terms of, you know, how we just kind of pieced things together and, um, you know, made sure the guys stayed locked in and focused on the task at hand and had that next man mentality. Uh, I thought he did an unbelievable job. Now in saying that our players are to be commended for adhering to a lot of the things that we dealt with. We talked to them about, you know, essentially coming to practice and going back to their rooms. If they're going to go grab something to eat, wear a mask sanitize their hands and they got through the season, you know, um, not unscathed, but they did get through the year and have a lot of success. I mean, we, we got all the way up to number nine in the country. Um, We won four straight games against top, top 10 um, ranked teams. Um, You know, so many different things, so many special moments uh, beating Alabama and SEC. Big 12 challenge when uh, they were on a roll and we were down two starters, Uh, you know, just, you know, being able to beat West Virginia, West Virginia double overtime, making it to the NCAA tournament after losing four straight close ball games to the end of the year, uh, winning a game there, playing Gonzaga well in the second round of tournament. Our guys have a lot of stuff to, you know, be commended. I think our support staff, our medical staff at Oklahoma uh, was phenomenal. Um, You know, it, it was just so much. And, you know, keeping them engaged, you know, and making sure that they, you know, did the things in which they needed to do in order to be able to play games, you know, was a challenge. But I got to give our, our kids and our support staff so much credit, you know, for getting us through the year and making it a successful season. We were one of the final 32 teams, you know, left standing. And, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, the, the the last four games of the regular season, we probably would have had a higher seed and we probably could have gone a little bit further. Um, but I, I think just in terms of, you know, how and what I watched and what I witnessed, you know, moving forward as a, as a coach, um, you know, being able to adjust on the fly, watching how Coach Kruger handled it, watching how, uh, again, our, our staff, our support staff and everybody else handled things Watching how our AD Joe Castiglione um, handled um, not just our program but the many programs that are that were at Oklahoma in um, that pressure cooker of a of a school, you know, where you know the branding is 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 everything. How football got through it, um, and how you see softball win a national championship. Um, it was really a, a trying year. Um, but it was one in which I'll never forget. And I always be appreciative of um, so many people that helped make it possible for us not only to get through, but to get through with flying colors.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think that you, you touched on the, um, the biggest part of it is being able to adjust uh, and being able to navigate through the unforeseen, the unexpected um, and the unimaginable and being able to navigate through it and have the success that you guys had um, was a testament to, you know, just the preparedness of the program. And, you know, as as we think about and like I, I mentioned earlier, we're we're pretty much through the tunnel. We're seeing the the light at the end. Um, we're moving into somewhat back to normal, you know, we're going to be back on the road recruiting the, the, the normal visits have started, right. Your unofficial visits, your official visits, um, off campus recruiting has begun. Some of the States are starting their live periods. Uh, and then we're going to have our first, you know, AAU or, or grassroots live period in two years coming up here in July. Uh, you touched a little bit earlier. I, I had to write it down. You mentioned the importance of finding character guys, guys that are going to play hard. Um, uh, yeah but ultimately just the right players and the right players for you. You know, when you're out here looking for, you know, future running rebels, you know, what is the main thing? And, and I say this more so for the players that are watching and trying to get a little bit of an insight into how to catch, you know, a college coach's eye. And a college coach has done it for a long time and evaluated a lot of kids. You know, what are you looking for when you're out recruiting and when you're out on the road watching these guys play and compete?
1: Well, the talent part, you know, it's, it's, again, it's pretty simple. You know, you want, you, you want to see guys that are good with the ball in their hands. Uh, you know, can they dribble, drive, pass and shoot it? Are they athletic enough? Can they move laterally? Can they get off the ground quickly? Do they have a nose for the ball when a shot is taken to go and grab a rebound? You know, how are they defensively, you know, on the ball? And do they have awareness off the ball and all those things, you know, um, I think that's what's going to be important this weekend is we finally get a chance to lay eyes on kids like you said for the first time in two summers um instead of you know going off of you know huddle or going off of highlights now we get a chance to watch these guys i think the biggest thing is we want to see a lot of the things in which i mentioned but i think the um the thing that's really really valuable and important uh justin is uh, you, you want to watch you want to you want to see kids that have a passion for it you know um how do they handle adversity how do they handle adverse situations how do they handle a miss free throw in a in a critical time you know if if the if game is tied um you know with a few seconds to play um how do they handle um pressure if you're a guard um um you know if you if you get trapped off of a ball screen you know whatever there's so many different scenarios and so many different cases um you know depending on what position you're recruiting depending on um you know um where uh, you know the time and score of a situation in the game um so it is it's a, it's a laundry list of things um the character part is is something that you know you um you, you got to really do a good job of investigating not telling anybody how to do the jobs but i know what's important to me and to, to kevin and to our program you know having great kids Having guys that have a passion for what they're doing, you know, willing to come into the gym and, and get some work in when when we're not around, we get four hours in the summer, and so there's a lot of hours left on the table when we can't be there to to work our guys out. So what are you doing in that time frame? Can we trust that you're going to get yourself in a gym, get up some extra shots, work on your ball handling, watch film, you know, and and do those things when we're not around? Um, so that's where I, I think a lot of the character and the trust and the passion for the game. Do the kids have passion for the game? You know, are they workers? Um, you know, are they leaders? Or are they followers? You know, uh, are they guys that um, are, you know, th- that, that want to be great at their particular craft? Do they have an elite skill they want to keep on building on or are they close to breaking through and are, you know, just dying to, you know, get back into the gym? You know, with their teammates, and um, I think it's it's valuable because when you're offering a kid a scholarship, um, you know, you're offering not just the opportunity to play basketball, but you're offering the educational piece. You're offering room, board, books, tuition, meals, and all those things, and that's a that's a heavy investment when you when you look at it. Um, and I don't think a lot of people think about it. Um, you know. I I think I put a tweet out, which probably some people liked and some people were like, come on, coach, like, um, you know, this kind of works both ways. But, you know, I get it all the time. You know, hey, he's just waiting for you to offer. Well, okay. well, (laughs) can we get to know each other a little bit? Can we, uh, you know, figure out if this is a good fit on both ends of the spectrum Um, or are we just offering because. You know you you want to collect these offers and put it on social media like that that kind of stuff at the end of the day you know you, you're you're not just you're thinking about yourself and not and not others and i know a lot of kids do it and so i could take a little bit of criticism and a little bit of heat for it and that's just kind of the way of the world and that's you know and, that, and that's fine you know but we like to have sincere conversations and transparent conversations with a lot of the guys that we'll see this weekend when we come back on monday We'll talk to them and we'll say, hey, we really enjoyed and and loved what you did in these particular situations. But we really think, you know, if, you know, you just um, did X, Y and Z um, a little bit better, you know, it can really take your game up to another level. And so some people like that kind of transparency. Some don't. The ones that don't may not be uh, good for UNLV, but the ones that do. You know, and we feel like it's a partnership between student athlete and, you know, staff and the university, then those are the ones that we want. And those are the good, and those are the fits that we want here at, uh, in our program, uh, not only here at UNLV, but what we did, um, at Oklahoma as well.
0: You, you said a lot there. And I mean, I could, I could get started on the offers and I could get started on, um, the lack of re- relationship building. And like you said, it's not, um, in a lot of cases, a lot of these players, young players, uh, they're not being educated enough on what this next level looks like. And, sure. Sure. you know, like you said, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of who you can place the blame on or who you can hand out fault to. But the reality is, there's a large investment that goes into offering a student athlete a scholarship and bringing a student athlete on campus on scholarship. Um, You touched on something that's, that's huge and I think that not enough people, you know, discuss it or talk about it, or if they do, it's talked about quietly and not as much in the public eye and that's character. Um, Mm -hmm. In your situation, that's a conversation that has to be had twice. And I tell guys all the time, you know, there's certain schools that when you go to UNLV, if we can't trust you, Mm -hmm. you know, if we can't trust you to do the right things. We can't have you in Las Vegas, Nevada,
1: right? Well, and that's a hundred percent accurate there, Justin. One hundred percent. That is so valuable and that's so important that you mentioned that because it takes a special human being, you know, to be able to come here and understand, like you're coming here for a particular reason. Now, right at I'm looking right at it. My office is I look at the strip every single day. And so do the kids that come on this campus. You know, so if you are all about that particular life. This place may not be for you, but if right. you're all about the basketball piece, if you're all about the education piece, if you're all about, you know, getting better and being able to, you know, be a part of UNLV lore, you know, for the next 40 years of your life, then this is the right place for you Absolutely. because you're hundred percent right. Justin. this place, if you allow it, it will eat you alive.
0: Right. And you know what? I'd be remiss to point out the negative without pointing out the positive. Right, you're right there with USA Basketball. You're right there with um, the the NBA Summer League. You're right there in between. Um I'm trying to think of the, the numerous NBA teams from the Suns to the Clippers to the Lakers to the Kings, whose owner
1: – f- Nuggets. Yeah, the,
0: they, they, they frequently bring the Kings in to play games in Las Vegas when they can, whether it be preseason. I remember that year that the Kings did a series there and the Lakers yeah. did a series there. So yeah. there's an opportunity to utilize it. Like you said, if you want to come in and invest – yourself into your your goals um, it's a great opportunity there's amazing facilities at UNLV if they weren't amazing facilities all those marvelous people wouldn't utilize them um, you know the, the city of Las Vegas is huge in support of athletics and support of their you know student athletes and young men and young women so without a doubt it's it's a magical place. And it's a magical university. And I think that it's no surprise that Coach Kruger loved it so much while he was there. You know, my brief time living in Las Vegas, you know, UNLV, I, every time it's it's a different, it truly is a different world when you walk from the strip uh, the strip and you go and you look at UNLV and you go on yeah. campus, you're like, you know, wow, this is amazing. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't even know it's here. I mean, like yeah. honestly, like you get out, you get off the you, you you get out you you get out of the terminal of McCarran airport. And The first thing you see to your right is the Thomas and Mack Center, yeah. But you don't even realize if you're not a loss, uh, a native of Las Vegas, what's behind the McCarran, you know, and the beautiful campus and the, all the different amenities that come along with it. I get joked on uh quite a bit, and it, it, it's kind of flattering in a sense. Um, uh, you know, when Coach Kruger retired, we had some opportunities, um, as, 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 as a family, um, at other universities and other institutions to come in and, and be an assistant. And as I look through the, uh, the, the the different options that we had uh, over a 72 hour period, uh, it just kept coming back to, you know, we're the best place for not only my career, but more importantly, for my son, who's uh, going into eighth grade and these next five years is going to be vital and very important in his growth and his development and uh we had some pretty good uh opportun- options but this one made the most sense for me and our family and for joseph my son um for what it's going to look like these next five years not only that but then you couple the fact that it's again it's UNOV and where it has been and where it's going and with the resources that are at its disposal it, it it's it, it could be a game changer and um, I believe we're gonna um, do do a great job here early on. I don't think this is a rebuild. I think this is something that you know it can happen you know pretty quickly um, because I feel like we really in- investigated and did a good job with the class of guys that we got coming in. I think we have the right person leading the program in Kevin. And uh, I think with um, his dad, coach Kruger, um, and and his, uh, legendary status, um, not just in college basketball, but also here at this university and the resources in which we have, I mean, this is, uh, the program in itself is a high major program with, with so many different options. So, uh, blessed to be here. And, and then just the opportunity in itself is something that, um, I felt like at the time that we couldn't pass up.
0: That's amazing. And, and you anchor the conversation on both ends. Uh, with the importance of family. Yep. You talked about on the beginning, on the front end, the, the educational success um, that your, your daughters have had. You talked about the impact that your wife has had on your life and on your career. Um, and now we're, we're talking about your son as he, he moves into these pivotal you know, next five years. So it's amazing to hear from you um, in an industry and in a business that gets so busy and it's so easy to focus on the recruits or the wins and losses or, you know, making the tournament, whatever the case may be, um, and for you to tie it all back to your family. Uh, that That's big time. And that shows a lot of who you are and the type of man you are um, and the type of leader you are for the young men that will come into your program. So that for me, you know, I look at every, every one of these interviews, my goal is to make sure that somebody out there watching learn something about this person and it never fails that I learned something myself. I learned multiple things. Uh, and you brought so many things to the conversation and I'm excited for you guys at UNLV. I'm excited for you and your success and I'm excited for your son's success. Like I said, I, I absolutely loved Las Vegas. Uh, my son, you know, to this day, you know, he, he spent the better part of his childhood in Las Vegas. So, you know, he, at seven years old, he spent his first three years there, everything is compared to Las Vegas always. Well, we didn't, you know, we had this in Las Vegas. We don't have this. I I know, I know your son's going to have a phenomenal time.
1: Uh, And your son, the seven year old, he's the one that's boxing right now. Yeah. He probably did have a good experience out here in Vegas.
0: Man, man, that's, that's, that's honestly where he picked it up. You know, we Uh would watch the the, the fights together and, you know, I would show him where, um, you know where they fought at and i think that you know a lot of times people don't think about las vegas as a a family place but you know right. from red rocks to yeah. uh summerlin to i mean there's so many things that that are you know there there it's a great environment it's a great place for just families and for people so i'm excited for you Is there anything that I didn't touch on or didn't ask you today that that you'd like to mention, not necessarily just about you uh, or just about the stops within your career, but kind of, you know, what you're excited about or some of the things you're looking forward to moving forward?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm excited to be here. Obviously, we talked about that, you know, working under uh, the leadership of Kevin and uh, uh, Desiree. Um, uh, Read Francois and, and uh, our AD here, and she's been uh, remarkable. I think the other thing that I'm like really excited about is uh, you know being on this side of the country. This is the first job that I've taken in the Pacific Time Zone, and uh, getting an opportunity to coach out here, and um, you know see um, you know an, another uh, style of basketball here in the Mountain West, and us uh, uh, playing a lot of Pac-12 schools as well. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited, I guess, um, just to continue to you know be a part of these types of platforms. I mean, if I can just you know just for a second, Justin, just talking in touch uh, 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 last last summer, uh, you did a, a series of of different tweets about coaches, you know, uh, and you're more than just a recruiter. Um, and one day my name pops up, and and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Okay, I don't even know this brother here, but you know, he he put something out there about me, and. I got to you know direct message them and thank them for it, and you responded right away. And um, you know I've been looking forward to you know getting on here and having this opportunity with you because I know that you've you've done this with other coaches. Uh, so I'm just you know excited to uh, not only be asked by you to do something like this, also excited to continue the work that you know we've done um, in just social with, with social uh, injustice uh, forms. Um, being a part of the Coaches Coalition for Progress, a group that um, I was fortunate to start with, Todd Golden, the head coach at the University of San Francisco, who I work with at Columbia and now I'm a lot closer to out here. Uh, last year we uh, I was one of the uh, members of uh, BACA, uh, uh, Black Assistant Coaches Alliance in the Big 12. Um, you know, these types of platforms are are unbelievable and they're Great for so many different reasons. Um, obviously, selfishly, it's it's good for me, as you talked about in the beginning, to for people that may not know me to to listen to me and to talk, uh, listen to me talk, and and uh, kind of go through my history and so forth. But I think it's also good for young and aspiring coaches that are just getting into industry uh, to know that you know. It, Being in this industry, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, Never compromise your own beliefs. You know, um, to take a shortcut um, would be my advice. You know, I think that, you know, when you do that, you know, you make a mistake along the way. Um, Just trust your ability to be able to, uh, you know, do your work and and do it in a very credible manner. And then you know things will take care of itself i've been doing this for 23 years i've not been a head coach as of yet and if i'm not afforded the opportunity of being a head coach the thing i will say is that i've been very blessed to be a part of so many young men's lives throughout my career that i won't look back at it as as a failure i'll look back on it and think well that was my that was supposed to be my journey Um, That's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to help assist, you know, other coaches to, you know, be mentors to these student athletes. And I'm very proud of, you know, the career I've had. I'm very proud and blessed to, you know, have the family that I have. And I'm very proud and blessed to, you know, have been associated with so many people throughout the course of these last 23 years um, that, you know, I can be at a place like uh, historic programs like Oklahoma and UNOV. If you had told me that, you know, when I first got into the industry or when I was growing up, you know, in Buffalo, um, going to high school in Grand Island, um, I don't think I would have uh, dreamt it or would have believed it. Uh, but very fortunate to be in this situation. So I guess I say all that to say thank you. Thank you for your platform. Thank you for um, uh, having me uh, be a part of this. Podcast, but also thank you for what you're doing, and, and please, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing because it's really going to help you know so many people get opportunities uh, in the future.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you, I'm blessed and, and thankful uh, for you, you know, and not just that you joined and decided to do this and say, you know, you 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 took my invitation, and said absolutely, and you know, I'm I'm blessed for that, but more importantly, I'm blessed for you and the uh, the example that you set for guys that like me, my children, my sons, people I bump into in the industry that say, Hey, I want to be a coach. Uh, where do I start? And to be able to point to somebody that's had the, the history of not only success, um, but balance, you know, that's something that I've struggled with throughout my career, you know, the family balance and being able to be there and be supportive of your children and navigate them through their goals and dreams. Um, so, I mean, without even noticing it or without even knowing it, you know, in this conversation, you've inspired, you've helped not only me, but I'm sure other young coaches or people within the industry that have young children and they're feeling the, the tug and the pull and, and to look at Coach Hartman and say, okay, man, his three daughters, you know, they got their college education. He's you know, focused on his son and preparing his son for his journey. Um, I I think that there's so many things that we can look at and be proud of you for and being a a beacon of light and hope uh, for the younger generation and those that follow in your footsteps. So it not only is it very easy to select you and choose you for this this uh, this this point right here, uh, but it's an honor and, and I'm blessed to have you. And those that have watched this today or those that when they do watch it will will be blessed to have seen it.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Justin. And again, I can't thank you enough and I gotta call you out on something because you were a few minutes late to getting this podcast started. <laughs> and the reason being was because your son was in his boxing lesson, correct? Correct. Okay. so you know, here's the thing. I was sitting here and I was thinking to myself, why is his brother so why is he late? Like, you know he said 5 thirty. and then when you told me the reason, I was like, you know what? when it comes to our kids, you know, nothing else matters.
0: Two years ago, I would have called mom like, look, I got to leave. I need you to get here and get oh, him.
1: Right. But,
0: you know, it's nothing like our kids finishing up whatever they're doing, whether it's school, whether it's a play, whether it's practice, That's you right. know, the joy that they have. Um, and I think that, that that goes into your role as a coach, right? Like we want to put our players in the, the hands and the tutelage of people that understand the value of their growth and maturation beyond what they're capable of doing on the 94 feet. Um, But their, their growth and maturation as young men, especially young black men. So uh, like I said, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate everything. I'm looking forward to continuing our relationship. Uh, And now I have somebody to call when I'm at, you know, summer league and I want to watch some basketball. Coach, come on on down and watch this with me.
1: (laughs) You uh, please do. You got to make sure that you come through. Um, and I look forward to, like you said, just a continued dialogue. And um, obviously, if there's anything I could ever do on my end, please let me know. And if you want to do this again with some other coaches, um, I'd be more than happy to jump on with you.
0: I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, Justin.
0: Have a great night, Coach.
1: You too.